Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. How's everybody doing? Amazing, amazing. So obviously, to me, it was like a celebration of, a, it seems like the whole week, uh, <laughs> you know, Ramadan has been celebrated for such a long time. For, is that for a month in Muslim countries? They celebrate Ramadan for a month. Well, I had like Father's Day for a week. Like every day, my kids, I walk out just for a second to water the lawn or something or do something. And I walk in and the kids run up like they've just, you know, haven't seen me in a month. Like, happy Father's Day! And they run at me and it's amazing. It just hasn't, it's been nonstop. And I think it's going to continue. I have a sense that it's just going to continue. Um, so, but I've been very, very blessed. I, I uh, was treated so well last, I mean, I'm, I'm always treated it's good. <laughs> My wife's awesome. But uh, this week, you know, last night, um, I took a bath, you know, and so Larissa got me salt bath ready, got me sushi, and, you know, I'm all relaxed and just enjoying, and it was so good that afterwards, I, you know, I took a shower and then just went to read a story to kids, and after that, I don't remember anything. I was planning to review my sermon, and that didn't happen, <laughs> so I just crashed, and it was like 2.30, and I'm like, oh, there's a foot here. I'm like, oh, that's Mika's foot. <laughs> I just fell asleep right in between my kids. And then uh, it set in, and I'm like, oh, Lord, I didn't review. I standard, you know, my standard is I review my sermon the night before and the morning of. Uh, and uh, panicked for a second. Then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm too relaxed right now. I'm <laughs> just going to go to bed. And I slept so good. This is one of the best nights I've ever had in a long time. So, um, and I want to honor all our dads. We have amazing dads, and we have amazing wives that are, blessing them and supporting them. Uh, I do want to point out what makes a big, big difference in a man's life is a woman that's next to him. It is a huge blessing because I want to applaud all you wives that are, you know, speaking life and not any negative words because this society teaches you to put the man down. You know, man, you know that phrase that they use, you know, men. If you ever catch that, just catch it and, and say, you know what? Um, <laughs> like we don't, I don't do that. I have an amazing man and just see what happens. So, um, I'm very thankful for awesome wives and, uh, but most, I'm very thankful for my father, earthly father as well. And today I want to challenge you because I'm going to talk about, you know, obviously it's Father's Day, um, and I have a message prepared, but if you're not at peace with your earthly father, and perhaps your earthly father is not even here on earth, okay, no longer there, it is so vital and so crucial that you make peace with him, you know, because, you know, if we do not forgive anybody here on earth, that we, our father in heaven will not forgive us. This is just the truth, okay? And so even if you had, your father was gone and, you know, hurt you, you, whatever it may be, but God can give you strength and to go and forgive your parents. It's very important that you do that. And even if, you know, symbolically, although we serve a God of, the, you know, life, he's not a God of dead. But if you want to go next to the tombstone and just, you know, wherever he's at, you know, and just, just hey, say, Dad. Just express, say, thank you, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be born. That alone itself is worth it because you're a difference maker. You're here because father was there <laughs> for the most important thing <laughs> to create you but you, you understand my point I'm talking about forgiveness it's so important because uh, we grew up 
different environments. Some of them were very blessed to have an awesome, involved father like I did. But I know that a lot of people, you know, did not have that. And so if, you, if we cannot have peace with our early father, I really am, this is biblical. God in heaven, you know, you cannot have peace with him. And we may, but so God can give you strength to forgive. Amen. So that's my challenge today. I know I'm starting off pretty uh, heavy for you um, if you like to not talk about that subject. But it is a very, I believe God will touch your heart and move on your heart through this message. Amen. So God is good. Amen. Uh, can we have all dads just stand up for a quick second? Just stand up. We're not going to have you come forward. Just stand up, dads. Okay, there's, yeah. Round of applause. Yeah. Wow. Love you guys. Amazing. Amazing. Have a seat. Thank you. <laughs> so I want to read a passage that comes from Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 6. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, now I know some of us saw that word give, um, we immediately think that it's about money. But the scripture is actually not about money, it's, talk, it's about motives. Um, he's using a vehicle of talking about money to get to the idea of what are your motives, like where's your heart at, right? And he points out three things. He says when you give in that passage or when you pray or when you fast. So he uses three different examples, right? Pretty much he's saying whenever you're doing something significant, don't do it to be seen. All right? So verse 2. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do on Facebook, Instagram. I apologize. That's VFV version, Victor Fonov. I got caught up in the 2022. <laughs> you know how it is. People do something and they'll go and they'll post like they're handing it back to a poor kid. And they're like, selfie. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but it says, in synagogues and on the streets, he's talking about the people that do that, uh, to be honored by others. So that's their goal is they're trying to get this physical reward, to be honored by other people. And boom, right there, he says, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your hand, right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray as standing in the synagogues uh, and on the street corners to be seen by others. So trying to get maximum angle. You get it? Why the corners? Just make sure more people can see how humble and <laughs> righteous I am. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. The title of my message is, The Father Saw. Let's take this moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word, and we take captive every thought that is not from you. And Lord, right now, I just pray that you would speak through me, Lord. Um, remove me, Father God. It is you who's speaking, Lord. Let your word, Lord, just move upon us, Lord, and just transform us that we would leave not the same as we came in, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this last Tuesday, so every, oh, Monday. Monday nights are my games. Yes, Monday. 
um, last Monday. So Alita has soccer every Monday. And first practice is like, you look at the kids and they're just out there just to have fun. And like, they're just like, oh, look, a butterfly. And they just leave the ball and just go chase the butterfly or something. And uh, you're like, man, there's no hope. Like, come on, we paid hundred some dollars for this. <laughs> they can do that in the backyard. <laughs> but then, uh, and then for some reason, and there was another girl and, you know, uh, cousin, Alita's cousin. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, like she noticed that the girl's trying. And then she's like, wait a minute, I got to try too. And so this last week, they were going at it, meaning together on the team. And they started scoring. And I'm like, wow, what happened just over the course of one week? And I guess it's just the motivation that was there. Uh, but I saw Alita, you know, score a couple of goals, and it was pretty cool. I was trying to catch it, you know. By the way, parents, uh, this is what happens. And I don't know why, but whenever you pull out a camera to catch your kid in the moment doing something very precious, I feel like there's some kind of supernatural power comes out of your phone, and just they just stop. <laughs> so just, <laughs> just enjoy the moment. Don't need to record it. Just enjoy the moment and look at the look at your kid, do whatever they're doing, and enjoy that moment as a dad or a mom. But we were driving back, and uh, I I told her pretty much, I'm so happy that I was there to see you, you know, score those goals. And uh, I'm like, what if I wasn't there to see them, to see your game? And she said something that you kind of live for as a parent. And she said, you know, well, if you haven't hadn't been there, Dad, I probably wouldn't have won. Probably wouldn't have scored. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it was written straight out of seventh heaven. <laughs> it was like, unbelievable. So, um, but I'm like, no, I saw it. The father saw. That's how the title of the message started. <laughs> so we see a contrast in Matthew chapter 6, what it means to be seen by people versus being seen by God. Jesus warns us to be careful uh, when you do what you are doing, that you're doing it not just to be seen, Right? Because, um, and at the same time, I understand that there's no worse feeling uh, of invisibility when you are doing your very best uh, and it goes unrecognized. Uh, especially, you know, when you're doing it to seek of the uh, attention of those people that you crave most, you know, attention from. And it kind of makes it hard, you know, want to keep doing it when you're not receiving that in return. And what happens is it can create a compulsion to do things that are not consistent with your character. You know, I go back when you look at the young kid, when I was young, when young kids, I feel like I was there recently, but when you're trying to impress a girl and you're, you're saying things that usually you normally wouldn't say, you're just coming up with phrases, you're preparing lines in advance, like, and then you later realize, like, oh, you're my friend, and I'm like, ah, awesome, <laughs> and you're like, darn, all this time and effort for nothing. So you see what I mean? So what happens is it creates a compulsion um, to continuously want to, seek um, their attention and we don't want to do that so Jesus makes a distinction uh, between what people see and what God sees and how many know there's a difference yeah come on um, and have you noticed that the world hands out trophies for all the wrong things nowadays right it doesn't take much to go viral somebody does something so stupid and silly and then next thing you know they're celebrity um, but um, the world will hand out trophies for what, what is seen, right? But we serve a God who celebrates the unseen. And it's so important. This is the easiest way to remember it. It rhymes so well. It just came out like last night. King of the unseen. <laughs> okay. So he's the king of the unseen. Uh, people will congratulate you for a new car. 
But what they don't see is that you cannot afford to pay the payments, right? Um, world will celebrate you getting the promotion, but they don't know that you're very lonely at heart. Uh, but notice that people don't celebrate you for peace, right? That's because they can't see it. Like nobody comes up to somebody and says, bro, your contentment is unbelievable. <laughs> Did you notice that, right? Because, I mean, people are just used to, we as people only celebrate what we see. Um, and just celebrating the wrong stuff a lot of times, you know, especially crowds. <laughs> Give us Barabbas. Like somebody starts shouting in the crowd. Next thing you know, everybody's chanting. Um, I guess a good example is if you've ever been to a sporting event, right, and people just start singing and or something chanting, you just get caught up. Something comes over you because all this energy and positivity, like, oh, yeah, you're celebrating for your, your, you know, your team. If they have a touchdown, whatever, they score a goal if you're watching soccer. Um, but something takes over, right? I guess there's a reason they invented that wave. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like where everybody goes. Yeah, so don't get caught in that wave. Don't drown in that wave, all right? Um, all right, for example, another one. Uh, if you lose weight, people will celebrate you, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you keep it off, they won't say anything. Um, now, this is just a, a life hack. Foolproof of uh, if you want to celebrate, if you want people to celebrate you a lot, um, consistently, every year, gain 30 pounds and then lose it. You know, at least <laughs> you're guaranteed, right? Half of the year, people are going to tell you how much better you look. It's terrible for your body, but excellent for your ego if you're looking for something. Um, but, like, if you lose weight and keep it off, nobody comes up and says, hey, you still look all right. Like, notice that, right? Because they can't see, you know, because people don't celebrate consistency. Um, as a pastor, you begin to appreciate the importance of consistency. <laughs> um, but one of the ways you know you're getting good at your job, and I've been telling that uh, to to people that are under me in my job, you know, whenever I was training them, I said, the one way you can tell that you're getting good at your job is when people stop giving you compliments. Think about that. That's something you can write it down, <laughs> put on the poster. Um, but one way you know you're getting good as a parent is when your kids are not thanking you for keeping the heat on, right? <laughs> uh, they just walk up to the refrigerator or pantry like stuff's supposed to be there. They don't even think about that, right? <laughs> And so often the greatest proof that you're doing uh, good in God's sight is when you're taken for granted in people's sight. Um, very, very powerful thought. But in Matthew 6, we see that Jesus says that there's a tremendous temptation to do things to be seen by people. And the question, I always like to put a question early in the message to challenge us, is do we understand the meaning of being seen by God? Very important. I mean, he sees all things, but we're talking about seeing, seeing. You know, when Father recognizes you, he knows, you're, he knows where you're at. Like, you're right there. <laughs> or, or are we still buying things to impress people? You know, one thing I've learned that we don't graduate from the need of, of for a need of approval by people. It just, you know, when you graduate from high school, it just gets more expensive, Right? Because then you're just like trying to impress people and buying stuff, giving gifts and things like that. So, um, and I'm sharing this um, because our need to be seen by others can keep us from being known by God. We are so focused on this earthly things, everything that we've seen, that we forget about the most important thing, which is our Heavenly Father who sees everything. Amen. 
so what Jesus states in chapter 6, I believe, is so helpful for us in 2022 here. Because, oh man, I thought it was feeling dry today. So every human has a need to be seen. Um, now remember though, if people are your audience, they control your reward, right? So if something happens, if your friend moves to Alabama, to another nation, <laughs> your only source of approval is gone. So that can really... Uh, take you out really if you're you know if you're that, that's your own person that you're relying for affirmation so and the challenge for us today is to make God our audience amen make God the focus of our everyday life so in Proverbs 3 6 it says I love this New King James Version in some of your ways acknowledge him no <laughs> In some of your ways. No, it says in all of your ways. I'm so glad. See, we do that so we know that we're paying attention. <laughs> so in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And what happens after that? It says, and he shall direct your path. God is literally hooking you up with a tip saying, look, if you bring me in into your everyday things. A lot of times we only bring in God into our just regular things that we're doing. Like when we're, well, only when it comes to, I'll be praying for you. Um, but then we're like, when it comes to, for example, you need a new car. And you're just like, well, that's kind of weird. Does God care? Yes, he does. It says in all of your ways, acknowledge him, right? Having struggle parenting kids, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. It's just an amazing a life hack, okay? I don't have specific any structure to the sermon, but um, I do believe that the main message is that the father sees what is done in secret. He sees your heart, amen? So um, he's watching you. Okay, I don't know why I thought of that song. Every move you make, every breath you take, I'll be watching you. Uh, wait, that, that's not a Christian song. <laughs> B was so good though, right? I didn't really realize it was a stalker. I think, it's like every breath you take, I'll be watching you. But God says he sees you, right? It says, then your father who sees what is done in secret. Now, I saw some of your faces when I read that passage. Uh, when I read, your father who sees what is done in secret. Some of people like faces were like, oh, God, please. No, not what I do in secret. Um, but relax. But this is, verse is not about a threat, okay. This is, speaking, is not speaking about punishment. He's speaking about reward. Uh, he's trying, he knows all the dumb things you're going to do already in advance. Just want to throw it out there. He's trying to tell us that, um, that we're seen by him whether people do or not. It's very important that we understand that the father saw, right? He saw what you didn't get. He saw the integrity you had when nobody was looking. He saw you pick up that wallet and there was a lot of cash. And then you're like, you know what? I could use 100 bucks to reward myself for rewarding them, to bring in their wallet back, whatever. But you decided to give it all back, right? God's seen all those little things. He sees everything. Amen. He sees when you didn't go off on your kids. You know. Now Wednesday you did. But Thursday by Thursday you got it together. And you know. And then you got it together. But we got to celebrate. You know. It's okay to celebrate when you get it right. Uh, I struggle with that. <laughs> I really do. I, I, uh, I have bad at celebrating myself. Larissa's good at celebrating herself though. 
She is. Uh, I remember a few years ago, we only had, I think, Alita. Um, we went on a hike in Butte, and uh, I was like 20 steps ahead of her, and I'm like, you need to keep up, Laura's, come on, because I'm like trying to beat the imaginary po- opponent in me. I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, you need to slow down, Vic. And I'm like, I'm like, no, you need to rep. She's like, you need to slow down. The view's getting good. And I'm like, oh, yeah? And then I realized she was talking about the landscape, not me. Uh, <laughs> but she'll celebrate little achievements lately. I mean, she's processing so many applications for different Ukrainian refugees and whatnot. And, uh, and, she, and I'll walk in. She's like, guess how many applications I processed today? And I'm like, are, you, uh, are these people even grateful? <laughs> you see what I mean? Like uh, two different approaches. And then she, she responds like, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. <laughs> you know, right there, the message. And I was like, Lord, I know I need to talk about this. I need to preach about this. Another confirmation. <laughs> so, but like she'll celebrate her little, you know, workout if she does a workout. And, um, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I could have done more. Um, I used to think that was godly, you know, when you're like, like, no, you got to beat yourself down. And because after all, you know, the Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I grew up with this where I just thought, like, beating yourself up, you know, you're like, you're supposed to put yourself down always. Um, and I realized, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm made in God's image. So if I'm putting myself down, I'm kind of devaluing the creator and I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for me, <laughs> you know. And so that changed lately, and I'm beginning to practice that. It gets hard. Um, but by the way, did you notice the people that quote that verse, humble yourself under the mind? They don't even, uh, they're not even that humble. Like, ask them to quote, where, ask them where it's written, what passage. They probably don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's usually because a sign of people that are a little bit struggling with pride, which is amazing because that's what I'm going to be talking about next week. So get excited for that. <laughs> um, but often what happens, what's important for people is not important to God. And what's important to God is not important to people. Um, but we are not part of this kingdom, right, on earth. We're part of God's kingdom. Check this out. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 16. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world... Love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So it's all about the externals. All about the externals. And today we get a lesson from Jesus who's focusing our attention on what really matters, right? Today's world, we already talked about, but it focuses on literally external things. And... uh, People are trying to project an image of themselves, someone that they're not. They'll like, they'll go on the social media and they'll do this and they'll put so many filters to look, make them look better. Or they'll take a picture of themselves, um, you know, on the boat or something. And people can like, oh, cool, nice boat. You know, somebody's on the yacht. But what people don't see is that the people that are arguing on the boat, they might be having, you know, a conflict and things like that. So... Uh, this world is always continuously is trying to bombard us, just appearance, the kind of image that you put out. But you understand that the most important image is the image we put out before our Father who sees everything. Amen? So um, when Jesus began preaching, we knew that he was talking about a different kind of kingdom. Because 
His disciples, I've mentioned previously a few times, they were just focused on, like, oh, yeah, we're going to take over. And God was like, no, no, no. This is the kind of kingdom we're a part of. Guess what? <laughs> it's, I call it the upside-down kingdom. Let me bring you three passages that are the most popular one that I could say that if you read it to a person who hasn't been revealed to, that's why people say you're foolish, right? Because it's not, if the Father has not been revealed to them, they'll be shocked when you talk to them about what the kingdom of God is about. Matthew 20, 16. So the last will be first and the first will be last. You know, that gift that they have, huh? What? Last will be first, first will be last. Philippians 1, 21. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Huh. Wow, dying is an advantage? Luke 9, 24. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. A person that is not of a believer that is going to look at that like, what kind of kingdom is that? <laughs> like, first will be last, last will be first. To die is gain. You know, if you want to lose your life, you know, you have to, if you want to, you know, gain your life, you have to lose it. What is this? But we're talking about kingdom of God, right? And that's the whole thing that has been for us this year and moving forward as a church is that to be kingdom minded, okay, and servant hearted. And this is the kind of kingdom that God brings, right? He brings things that are, we're talking about, he can give you peace. This morning we were, you know, talking about that during worship. That he gives us peace that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense to this world how you could lose a loved one and have complete peace. That you could go through so much and people are like, wow, how do you do it? And um, one of the things I wanted to point out, because we as believers, you know, we need to be careful not to get caught up in the kingdom of this age. Um, devil uses two-point strategy. I kind of came up with this, but ultimately it narrows down to two. If he fails you, to get you to sin, uh, two things that devil does, um, if he can't defeat you, um, he will either distract you or discourage you. But he's a defeated foe, right? That the Bible says he's defeated. Uh, he does not have the victory. I want to remind you that he is not greater than God and he is not greater than you. Because the scripture says, greater is he who is where? In you than the one who is in this world. I mean, by yourself, devil will knock you out. I remember like Conor McGregor to Jose Aldo. This was a fight back in the day. Like people were anticipating they paid $70, $60 for pay-per-view. And as the fight just started and the guy just flew in and just knocked him out. That was five seconds. That was it, you know. I know. Don't judge me too quick for watching MMA, but I got to get my inspiration <laughs> for something, you know, for my sermons. Especially when we're talking about warfare. So, um, but by ourselves, we're no match against devil. I want to point that out. It's very important. Uh, we cannot fight devil on our own. Absolutely not. And that's why it says he who is in you. You need to have the father in you in order for you to fight this world amen so again what he does is if he can't defeat you he will distract you so the way he distracts is he's he catches you remember a few weeks back i talked about comparison trap from comparison to gratitude and that's how you get out of comparison if you get caught yourself in there you switch to gratitude and that's when you begin to think what you have rather than what you don't have so if he can't distract you what he will do is he will discourage you because it will eventually will lead to discouragement. Because when you start comparing, you're like, I can't be like them. People, believers get caught in comparison. And we're like, I'm not as gifted as them. What do I have to offer? And 
So what happens is you land in discouragement. So if he can't distract you, he will discourage you. Okay? Um, but that's why it's important that we spend time in the Word of God every day. We're reading the Word of God regularly. Because um, it gives us a strategy to fight against both the distraction and discouragement. So, um, and again, this is, we're not part of this earthly kingdom, right? We fight battles on a different level. If you're going through something difficult, you are fighting your battle on your knees. You're not physically fighting, right? What are you, you going to get out of it? If you, let's say you prove your point to somebody at the very end, you're like, yeah. There you go. And you have like the drop mic moment. You feel like you finally got him. You walk away and you got this adrenaline through you. And then what happens after that? And then later on, you're like, man, I'm a child of God. What did I just do, right? A lot, I guess that's the Holy Spirit reminding you, be careful, okay? Because we are not part of this kingdom. We do things differently, okay? God sees differently than what we see, amen? And that's why it says when you do something in secret, the Father sees it. You know, even if you've been mistreated, you know, he will reward you according to what he sees, not according to how other people see. Amen. So if today you feel unappreciated, unnoticed, insignificant in God's kingdom, what is unseen is more significant. Amen. So, but not in this world. The, the interesting, the world is seeing this, uh, the world will celebrate seen they'll correlate seen with significance. Like if you're popular, that means you must be significant, right? But I love that all throughout the scripture, how God points out people, the kind of people he notices. The older lady that was, gave everything she had, you know, in the temple. Nobody would have thought. And like the years later, people are still talking about her, right? But Bible is full of those people who God selects, men rejects. Oftentimes, that's how it is. Mary you know, nobody knew her. <laughs> Simple gal. Peter, the, the disciples, the list goes on, you know. And it's amazing because how God's kingdom operates is completely different. When what God sees is completely different than what people see. Amen. Look at this. You can like take this pulpit away. I'll, I'll try to use this as my last example here before I I'll land the plane. But um, you can take away this pulpit and and I can still preach my sermon, right? Or take away my notes, let's just say, because that's important <laughs> for me at least. But I could still, I think, preach. Uh, to me, my notes are more like, I don't know, Linus's blanket and, and peanuts. <laughs> it's for comfort. But, um, but let's say if the signal cuts out from this microphone, you will not be able to hear me really well, right? Why? Think about this. It's because what's invisible is often most valuable, right? You, we don't see the radio waves. But they're very important. If they're not there, there's no noise coming out. So that's the kind of point of reference I'm trying to show is that what God sees is different than what people see. Amen? Look at this. This is the kind of part of the kingdom where we're part of. Luke chapter 4. Get excited. I want, I, in fact, I want us to read it together. Are we able to see that together? Perfect. Okay? Can we do that together with me? I want, in fact, can we stand to our feet to read this passage? Okay? And I will have, we'll sit down for it. But let's read it together. Look on the screen. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, 
to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. You may be seated. <laughs> oh, this is the kind of kingdom we're part of. This is the kind of stuff that God pays attention to. And this passage was, of course, about Jesus. And he read that from Isaiah quoting it. But this is about you. This passage, and it's not talking about, about selfishness. We're talking about what happens when God is in, within you. Remember, right? All, all alone, we cannot fight the devil on our, by ourselves. But when the Spirit of the Lord is within you, then you're able to do that. Because this is what he sent that out to do, right? To go preach the gospel. Because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight of the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We are, we're surrounded by people that are broken hearted. People that are empty. People that are doing everything possibly came to be uh, physically what they can do to be recognized by others. And that thing is so empty. And I want us to be, and I want us, I want to challenge us today to understand what God sees in you is very powerful. And what you have is this anointing of God. Don't just hold on to it. You have to share it. You'll be surprised how many times lately when you're just like, can I pray for you? Like 90% of the time, at least in my experience, people don't decline prayer. They can be smiling and all they want, but the reality, they could be having a turmoil inside of them. Okay? And this is the kind of kingdom we're part of, that God can bring that peace into that situation where it seems impossible. Last passage, almost promise, Luke chapter 15. <laughs> Very popular story, but I want to read it in case you're looking at details. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of estate. So he divided his property between them. By the way, reference, but in Jewish culture I've, I've found out because you know how we read this passage and the older son says well that's not fair and we assumed that, that it was split 50 50 but in Jewish customs actually the older brother would get more he actually gets you know three-fourths rather than a half we know the difference between three-fourths and a half right I mean I know we went to public school and all but <laughs> um, but it's very important to understand that so he actually had his portion uh, he had actually more but he got disgruntled about it. But this, this passage is about God, Father's love. Check this out. So 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off to a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. Verse 14, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So when he went, so he went and hired himself out to citizen of that country, so hired himself out. He pretty much was a slave. Who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pods that pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Not even that. Can you believe that? So look at this. He had all the influence, right? He had all the money. The physical stuff that people were talking about that are craving to have. Um, while it lasted. So if I keep following the crowd and their noise and their influence, where will that get me? If we keep chasing the cloud, what this world is, you know, offering, um, it, what's going to happen, you know, in the, in the end? Think about it. So here's, the, here's a fellow who had everything. He had a bunch of money. And rather than investing and understanding the Father's love and what it meant, it was powerful. But great news, right? Because Jesus is using this as an example to talk about 
our heavenly father. That's the kind of father he is. Even after you went and you turned your back on him, and even if you didn't acknowledge him in all of your ways. Check this out. Verse 17, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I love this. Verse 18, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, he's, he's practicing his speech. Seriously. He says, father, I can imagine. He's like, gets in front of a mirror. Father, no, not, not good enough. Father, oh, father. Like, you know, he is. Like, he literally is practicing a speech that he won't even need. He won't even need that speech. Father's love. Check this out. It says, Father, I have sinned against the heaven and against you. And this is him practicing. I'm no longer. He's not there. He, this is him practicing. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got cut up uh, and went to his father. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long ways off, here it is, his father saw. Oh, how many times I know where I didn't acknowledge God in my ways and I, I knew what was right and I grew up in the Christian home and, and I still turned my back on God where I was like, I'm gonna do it my way. I'm gonna do it this way. But this passage always brings me back to understand that the Father sees everything. He always is watching you. He's always there. He's like, son, I'm here. Don't turn away. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. And this, in, the, in Jewish culture, this is considered low. If you're running towards a father, runs towards the son, or especially if you're looking at somebody that's dirty and filthy, that's unclean. And again, this is Jesus using this example to tell us about his love for us. That he's not shocked by your past sins or what you've done. That he loves you. 21, the son said to him, Father. So let me go back again. Uh, so his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put, him, put it on him. In Message Bible, it says, but father wasn't listening. <laughs> um, that's what it really sounds like. He says, but father said to his servants. Whatever he's telling me, it seems like the father doesn't even care about it. He's like, you don't need to say anything. Put a ring on his finger. And sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they begin to celebrate. Father's love is unbelievable. The greatest calling in your life, if you are here on earth, is you being a father. For women, for ladies, guess what? You know that this world is telling you, if you're not good enough, if you're not like, and they're trying to tell you, oh, equality, equality. And they're trying to say like, you need the education and you're above men, all this kind of stuff. Your greatest calling, if, if, you're a, if you're a mom right now, and if you ever think about that, 
I want you to know this devil trying to discourage you because one of the greatest callings in your life is you being a mom. God sees every little thing. You're, you're, he sees every frustration, every little thing. He is there because you're raising kids for the next generation. That is a great calling as a dad. You have a greatest calling in your life. It's not about your career. Your greatest calling is you being a dad, okay? And so I'm telling you, that is something significant about that. Look at this. Father's love is so incredible. I never, for some reason, reading this passage, never, for some reason, saw it before. But look at this, Matthew 3.17. This is Jesus before he has done anything, right? Technically. But, I mean... The voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I'm, who I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Literally, I don't know why. God is already proud of his son before he healed anyone, before he performed any miracles. And when God looks at you, he sees himself. He really does. Because he has made you and I in his image. Amen. So when we understand the revelation and the depth of that, like the Father's, how Father sees me, is not based on my achievements or anything like that, we start to understand what it means the Father saw. His love for us is unbelievable. Amen? So um, when he looks at you, he sees someone special. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.